Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. And this is episode number 83 of Podcast in Death. And in this episode, we are going to talk about bromances. Yeah, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) There are many bromances in this book. So first of all, we should say that um, Tara's a little late. Yes. And um, she's trying to get here as quickly as possible. So yes. Um, so we're gonna stall a little bit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I you know I feel like this topic is one I wanted to talk about for a while. Um, just because I just I love this this trope in fiction. I mean. It's yeah. one of my favorite things. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, it's just, it's so good. And Nora is really good at writing it. She's good at it. Yes. Yeah. She's so good at it. She's good at it in her other books too. I mean, it's just, yeah. She really seems to understand men as much as any of us can. Well, I mean. <laughs> she's surrounded by them. She's surrounded by them. Yes. <laughs> all brothers and then two sons and a husband. And yeah. So. Right. Yes, for so, real. You have so, to have yeah. a pretty good understanding of men yeah, in that case. Sure. Um, so, so, yeah, we've got lots to get into here, so let's do it. Well, then, you know, um, let's just start with what I think is probably what you would consider the bro TP, right? Mm-hmm. This is the original bromance. Mm-hmm. That is between Rourke and Brian Kelly. Sure. Now, I mean, he probably had the same type of relationship with his other friends. Yeah. Although, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe his bond with Brian was always more special. Maybe. I don't know. We don't yeah. really get into that in the series. No. Um, as far as, you know, their dynamic with everyone else. You know, there was just a big gang of them, and it seems like their dynamic was very, they were all very close to each other. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so at this point in the series, um, you know, most all of them are gone. Right. So, um, but, you know, my Brian Kelly's a favorite of mine anyway, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's your he's your dude i just love brian kelly because yeah. and this is probably the reason like rourke loves him he just seems mm-hmm. like a very fun loving he's just very chill dude he's he's and just and very he's chill. Eye for rourke. yeah he, yeah and and but also you know rourke can have a tendency to be a little bit too um serious you think yeah I, I mean he no he he can joke he can joke around with the best yeah. of them but i feel like he is more you know he is always and sounds like he's mm-hmm. always been that guy that's been really about the business of it yeah even when it was something that was um illegal i mean he was always i mean brian told that story of of rourke and jenny mm-hmm. uh of rourke just wanting to be in the pub and working his figures, you know. Mm-hmm. And so and I then think often Jenny in the back room, right? I mean. You know, um, 
and then went back to his figures probably. <laughs> probably just like he does now with eve i mean yeah um but so i think brian for him brings more of that lightheartedness that he kind of yeah. needs and you know and let's be real i mean work basically like cut ties with him for 20 years almost yeah and and you know the minute he sees him again he's just like oh it's rocky you know it's well, not the minute he sees him again he punches him in the well, mouth right him, away but, but that's because he owed him money it wasn't because right. you know there's any hard feelings for him leaving no you know he was just like oh i get it it's cool you know here we are it's my bestie like right yeah it was like no time had passed at all right and that's exactly and, what rourke needed in that moment yeah for sure yeah and yeah you gotta love it and i love how i love his bond with eve i think mm -hmm. it's fantastic um it's just totally such a like you know your husband's best friends you know that's what you'd want yeah and your husband's best friend is somebody like that yeah who you know will flirt with you but never cross the line and right you know oh you, know, uh, you know i mean honestly if eve ever you know was like oh yeah let's go for it man you know he'd be like what the <laughs> fuck no way you yeah. know yeah exactly so yeah it's just it's great <laughs> i love it it's fantastic yeah i i do i do love that you know even after all those years they were able to they just pick right up mm -hmm. where they yeah. left off and yeah. um Brian was more than happy to help Rourke out with anything he needed, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, of course. Yeah. That first, that first moment when he punches Rourke in the, in the face, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, but then right away, like grabs him and kisses him on the lips, you know, and then grabs Eve and kisses her on the lips. You know, yeah. that's a guy that, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that he has no problem. So, I was rereading some of the scenes with Brian and him today. And, um, one of them was from, um, I think it's calculated, not calculated, um, indulgence. That's the yeah. one where they went back to Ireland to dedicate that, um, mm, park yeah. to Mark's yeah, yeah. mom mm -hmm. and they found the dead body. Yeah. But, um, Brian was there. Right. Kind of supporting Rourke. Yeah. And, um, I love how he just like remember the time that we bloody bloody blah it's always something that they did that was illegal and, and right. Eve's like um hello cop right Got here <laughs> but then he goes on and remember that other time when you know because he doesn't give a fuck I mean to him it was all just good times yeah exactly and yeah I love it it wasn't Ed, for him I don't think it was the same like I'm, I gotta do this to survive and become, right. you know, right. Make all this money and, you know, right. Show my dad that I'm not him. And, you know, yeah. I could be more of a success than him. Like Rourke has all of those like right. yeah. motivations that are. Rourke has all those issues. Yeah. But for Brian, yeah. I think it was all fun. Yeah. Oh, 100%. If he made money, that's cool. Also. Right. Right. <laughs> it was, but, yeah, it was, it was mostly fun. just about the fun. Because he's even made comments, though, that his family life wasn't as bad as the other ones. No. Um, so, you know, they were poor, obviously. But, you know, it sounds like his parents were pretty good to him. So. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. But, yeah. 
So I think Brian has a different way of looking at things than Rourke does. And that's good. Yeah. And then, like I said, that's exactly what I think Rourke needs sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, a, a friend with a pub is, is nice. I mean, yeah. When you want to yeah. get drunk, like they did in Portrait. <laughs> well, didn't they just go back to his place? They bought, they yeah. bought a bottle and went back to his place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, drunk work, though, is still one of the best moments in the series. Oh, yeah. I mean, good lord. And then, of course, there's that famous moment at the end of uh, Shadows where you thought he was coming to pick up a sweater from Rourke's aunt. (laughs) Yes. And it ends up that um, (laughs) Rourke just sent a (laughs) a plane for him. I guess Rourke wanted him to be there. Yeah, why not? Join the party, man. Yeah. Everybody oh. else is there. Why not Brian? Why not him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can't go to Ireland without Brian Kelly being there. That's just what it boils down to. Is It's like, nope, we got to bring him back. Yeah. You know. And like you said, that ending was so fucking ridiculous to begin with. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I mean, come on. Just, yep. Bring them all. Yeah. But I did post that quote, like, as they were heading out, you know, Rourke and Lork and Cobb were going to go at it in the yard. Yeah. That scene that everybody hates. Um, And Brian's saying, you know, I could have, any other time I would have made book on this, but he told Rourke, I'd, I'd always back you, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of what, you know, that that's who mm-hmm. Brian is. He will always mm-hmm. back Rourke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's ride or die for Rourke. Yeah. And he would never... Yeah, it's beautiful, and I love it. And I think Rourke knows he can always count on Brian. Count on him? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like, I don't know, I maybe it's just, I mean, we, we talk a lot about Eve's growth in the series, but I don't know that we talk as much about Rourke's and how, how much he's opened up as a person. Right. Since they got together. Because he really has. He lets more. He's always been more social than Eve, but he's let a lot more people into his life that he probably wouldn't have. Right. And he doesn't stay as closed off. Right. Because we've talked about this, I think, before. Like, um, and actually, Susan brought it up on Twitter. Um, Like, Richard DeBlass was supposedly one of his best friends. And then we barely hear about him again. In the series, I mean, yeah, what Pro- the hell? Probably because <laughs> best friend to Rourke means somebody that you see occasionally, <laughs> right? That's what I mean. Because, yeah, you know, it was such a big deal. They were, you know, one of the few people that he's super close to, and it's like, okay, I mean, it's literally like they're mentioned in Survivor, which we're reading now, um, right? So and then it's another couple books after that because it's I think Thankless is the next time we see him. Right, yeah. So so not even a couple books, a lot of books. It's a full year. Right. Origin is the next Thanksgiving and then Thankless is the next one. Right. So, I mean, it's like, okay. I mean. But Roar probably spent a ton of years just him and uh, Somerset. Yeah. Not a lot of other people. Right. 
probably just because, you know, I mean, because of his past and because that stuff tends to come out when you're friends with somebody. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah, the Richard to Blast thing is weird. There, that's, so that's weird. definitely not a bromance situation. No, no. It's and just, that's the thing. We, let's, you know, let's delve into that. Like, what's the difference between a bromance and a friendship? Because, right. like, it's like working, working Leonardo. I don't see that as a bromance. I see that as no. a friendship. Yes. Um, you know, that's not a bromance. Same with, you like, know? Rourke and Jake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I wouldn't even call them friends yet. I mean, I'm assuming they'll get there because right. maybe he spends more time with Jake. I think that'll happen. And plus, I think Jake is helping with the school and that's yeah, sort of yeah. But I think it's that's more like friendly acquaintances than it is yeah. friends or a bromance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there there's a difference. And so yeah, so technically, what is the definition for bromance? I mean, I don't know the technical different definition. Um, <laughs> should we look it up? Well, there is Google. There is Google. We'll look it up. Yes, I know. There is so the I'm Urban Dictionary. Location. Um, bromance. By the I way, mean, I am having a pint in uh, honor of Brian Kelly and yes. the bromances. So. A bromance is a very close and non-sexual relationship between two or more men. It's an exceptionally tight, affectional, homosocial male bonding relationship exceeding that of usual friendship and is distinguished from normal friendship by a particularly high level of emotional intimacy. Or or urban, di- that was Wikipedia. Urban uh-huh. Dictionary says is romance is a combination of two words. Brother and romance. It describes the unique male bonding found between brothers from another mother. Which, yeah, that would be where I would probably. That would be my definition more than the other one. The other one, I mean, is good, but. So that definitely 100% describes Rourke and Brian Kelly. Yeah, for sure. They're absolutely brothers from another mother. They are. There's a lot of different psych websites that discuss it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Let's tear this apart. <laughs> Psych.net. Male bonds and friendship. All right. Dudes are connecting with other dudes in a very different way these days. And that's a good thing, our experts say. Here's the deal about the way men bond today and why having strong emotional connections are good for traditional romantic relationships, too. No, they're talking about Bachelor in Paradise, actually. Mm. You watch that at all? No. I watch it just when it's on because it's entertaining as fuck. Yeah, I don't watch any of the Bachelors, any of that but kind yeah. of stuff. I don't really. But um, but yeah, two of the guys, um, they both fell for the same woman. And then they were like, no, nah, man, we're too good of friends. And they like left together. They're like, <laughs> bros before hoes. We're out of here. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I kind of love that. That's awesome that they bonded and were like, yeah, fuck women. Here we go. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, would you see um, the the bachelorettes doing that, or you know, the the women doing that? No, 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 never. No. 
it's because it's with women, a... it's see, and that's why I don't watch The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. I watch The Bachelorette because The Bachelorette is yeah, you get that you get that vibe in the house. You get a lot of romances happening, and you know they have just as much drama as the women. But then they're just like, yeah, whatever. Let's shoot some pool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know the girls are just awful. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch The Bachelorette just because the boys are more entertaining. Women can get very competitive and vicious. Yeah, you know the guys can be assholes, but man, women are. Yeah, yeah. women can be bad, bad. Yeah. So yeah. when, especially when men are involved. Yes. So for sure. <laughs> Um, so where do we go from here then? Should we go to, uh, Baxter Trueheart? Cause Baxter's Baxter your Trueheart is a good one. Yeah. Okay. But I also feel like too, that's a, um, that's another kind of different dynamic because it's their partners. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's a whole other kettle because, but I do feel like they have a bromance happening. Right. Besides it's very different from, you know, Feeney uh McNabb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Right. But they're not partners. Feeney and McNabb. Right, but they're but, it's superior yeah, and you know. Right, right, right. right. Um yeah, but yeah partners very... partners are gonna be different, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but um but yeah, I feel like I feel like they've got the bromance going on. They've got yeah, you know, Baxter's kind of got the older brother thing going yeah. on trying to get him to come out of his shell a little bit and not be so shy and you know and i think i think true heart has made baxter more of a well-rounded individual i guess yeah yeah he's you know he feels responsibility so he's well yeah because before i mean just just talking about the books and the writing mm-hmm. and the characterizations and mm-hmm. character growth before Trueheart became his partner, Baxter, I mean, really, uh, we heard from Baxter and he was just some joker. Right. Who, you know, dressed nice and flirted yeah. with all the had ladies. Had a fancy car. And, yeah. Had a fancy car, right? And right. that's really all we knew about Baxter. I'm not saying we didn't love him because we did, but that's really all we knew about him. But right. um, yeah, since he's become partners with Trueheart, Mm-hmm. We are seeing a lot of different things yeah. from him too. We're seeing him as a trainer, mm-hmm. and we're well, seeing yeah. And again, we're reading Survivor right now, so bring that one up. You know, they they kind of take shifts and help with Nixie and hang out with her and play games. Right. Then you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's great. I love their bromance. And yeah. Um, the couple you know, things that. I wrote down for Baxter and Trueheart and forgotten that whole part about when Baxter comes in and tells Eve, Hey, you know, we're, we're leaving and I'm going to take Trueheart out to dinner because he's having problems because his girlfriend's like moving away yeah. and he's really sad. And so we're going to go out and hang out, you know? So yeah, that indicates that it's not just a partner thing. Like right. we're partners right. and, Sorry, you feel bad, kid. Going home now. Bye. You know? Yeah, right, right. No, you know. So that was kind of a sweet moment for yeah. Baxter, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. To do that for Trueheart, but um, 
also there was a there was something in connections where uh they had something they were gonna they were supposed to leave and then um something happened and they had to stay a little bit longer at at central okay and baxter tells eve um true hearts letting his mom know we'll be late for dinner seriously his mom invited me over for a home cooked <laughs> so <it's> like... <laughs> <It's> so <cute. laughs> love it so yeah. i love that you know i mean even true hearts mom is seeing you know mm -hmm. baxter as oh yeah true hearts little friend probably <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hurts little friend. <laughs> Why don't you invite your little friend over? And I swear, everybody's always feeding them. Like, it's always like, oh, you know, we, we interviewed this old lady and she made us sandwiches. Mrs. Parksey. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they look hungry. Like <laughs> There must be something about both of them, yeah, that yeah. brings out the protectiveness in the older yeah. women that they want. First, yeah. Feed yeah, because it was um, was it Kindred where they go and they're hanging out with the old lady and her husband before um, because they know that they're targets. No, oh. so that yeah, and she like cooked yeah. chicken and mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, I guess they look hungry. I don't know. You know, I think it's fantastic. Well, you know, they're growing boys. So. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, love it. Yeah. So definitely not just partners, not just coworkers, not just trainer and trainee. Right. Yeah. No, that's a bromance. That's a bromance, For sure. definitely. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I also think Duncanson and Renicki are too. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, you know, the with Jenkinson's ties and Renicki's like, oh, I got the socks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they started coordinating ties and socks. <laughs> That's the best part about, yeah, That's that great. relationship. I think somebody who mentioned that, somebody mentioned that on one of our social medias. Yeah, it was on, I think it was on Facebook. Um, was it? Yeah. Yeah, Book Dragon brought it up. Mm. Anyone going to mention how Renicki wore bright socks to support Jenkinson's bright tie obsession? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And actually, Dana brought up an interesting one. She brought up Whitney and Tibble. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but I really kind of like that, you know? Right. So she was, I was going to suggest a topic of looking at the dynamic of the partnerships within Eve's squad, and this is along a similar vein. I think Whitney and Tibble, although we only get a few glimpses here and there, and that is popular of a pairing. They have both been on the job a long time. I believe their wives do things together, also implying they're social. Making bets if Eve will find an excuse to get to press briefing. <laughs> when Tibble crosses the line with Eve, Whitney calls him out and brings him back around, disregarding their professional ranks. Right. In purity, they started the day watching porn together. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I like that. But it's not what I thought about. You know what I mean? Right. And this one's interesting. Melissa says Santiago and Carmichael. Yeah. And they're leaders. So I know, I know Detective Carmichael is a female, but she's very much one of the guys, which is true. She is. 
Right. And I love their platonic professional partnership. But the bets, which Santiago just can't win, and shenanigans are just glorious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people responded, you know, the hat. Yeah. And when she had him complimenting her ass because she was trying to lose weight. <laughs> <I> love that. <laughs> He's just like, what? <laughs> like, no, no, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> I told him to do it. <laughs> it's so great. That's a true friend right there. That is a true friend. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, we got a lot of comments in the Facebook group. Didn't somebody say something about Feeney and Whitney? Um, somebody said something about work and Whitney, which I found interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's a bromance, although it's interesting. It's an interesting yeah, dynamic. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know that it's a bromance either, but I like it. I mean, so I love work and Whitney. It's super random. Snacks in the interrogation room, which, yeah, we all love that moment. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> moment snacks. between them. Yeah. <laughs> but Whitney and Feeney, I would say too. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean they they um, talk with each other like they're very familiar with each other. Well, weren't they partners for a while? Were they? I think so. Okay. I'm almost sure. Oh yeah, Louisa. Louisa Stone said I like when Feeney and Whitney wanted to show the youngsters up. <laughs> yeah, that was like Christmas at a party. party. Yeah, the Christmas party, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> did you read tara's last yes. <laughs> tara so you know the ongoing saga of tara just so that our listeners know and know what we're talking about um she said i'll be there at about 10 and then she's like uh nope now i have a sobbing new board member <laughs> oh, poor tara tara man. is um the the new president of their board on of their theater so tara's having to deal with all of this bs oh my goodness she'll probably never want to be president oh of the board she's never going to want to be president of anything again. no no All right. So, hey, guess what? Tara's here. Hello. <laughs> Tara missed the first part of this recording. Yes. So here, um, now. <laughs> here she is now. Now, uh, what I was just now saying to Tara was that um, we talked about a couple of different pairings while she wasn't here. Mm -hmm. um, one is Rourke and Brian Kelly, which I said was probably the original. That's uh, AJ's romance. Mm-hmm. Well, I think absolutely. Um, more like more just because that's the only person that we really know that Rourke had prior to the beginning of the series other than Somerset, you know, right. mm -hmm. and like Somerset fulfills a different type of role in his life. And and we don't even really start learning about Cairo until halfway, you know, or quarter of the way through the series. And, you know that's just another person but like really you get 
the introduction of Ryan Kelly in what? Vengeance? Vengeance, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's kind of fun because when they're reunited, there's it's like one of those you know how people are always saying, Oh, the best friendships are the ones where you can just like pick up where you left off. Right. And and I feel like if you took out, you know, all of the vengeance part and the fact that they have a very intense history and there's things like, you know, murder and torture and shit like that happening. I feel like they probably have that same exact friendship, but you know, right. Yeah. Fiction and plots include more of the, the less savory things like that, you know, but I mean, I have, I have friends that I haven't seen in years. And then when I do, it's like, Oh, nothing's happened. And I think that, that Brian and Rourke are like the epitome of that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's, yeah, that's absolutely a bromance, but it's like, it's like a real hardcore friendship that mm-hmm. has a have really, really deep seated. I don't know. I would say even more than even Mavis. Right. Mm-hmm. Jen's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Fucking Mavis. I'm just kidding. Jen's yeah. like, I, I understand Rourke and Brian Kelly. I don't oh, understand right. even Mavis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> Aww. but yeah i love brian kelly man he's great i don't obviously not, i don't know what you guys said about this so anything i repeated i'm sorry no you no. didn't repeat no. anything i mean no. we were just basically saying about how um you know brian kelly is that person that is not is very opposite of rourke you know that rourke seemed like he was always very more serious and more, you know, even back then more businesslike, he was more into, you know, what they were doing and how much they were making and how much money he was amassing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like Brian Kelly was more in it for, for the fun. Yeah. And that's the kind of personality that Rourke needs. Yeah. I think so. Especially because of, like you said, you know, how different they are. And if you think about, um, obviously we don't know as much about Brian's childhood, but if he was running with Rourke, there had to be some pretty difficult circumstances there too, but we all deal with those things differently too. So mm-hmm. just a yeah. really nice, well, we did, really we nice complimentary. We did mention that, um, it seems like from things that he said that, um, his family life wasn't as bad as Rourke's. No, well, just they were poor. That makes they, sense. I mean, because Rourke's yeah. family life is pretty shit. Right. Um, but I don't I <laughs> right. don't think that I'm pretty sure that Brian Kelly was probably not, you know, having leading the best life either no, as a, no, as no, a no, child. No, no. Which is probably how they found each other. Um but no, I man, I just I mean I'm like, it's been a minute. We need Brian. I think we need another book with oh, brian we'll see him soon won't we yeah we, we should see him again yeah we will we literally just saw him like two books ago but i need more yeah we did yeah we saw him in portrait but right yeah, we see him we, we see him again soon. well no i mean like i'm talking new books we saw just him like two books. Oh, right 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 yeah, yeah but i still need more you need more yeah yeah, yeah. more brian kelly please. more brian kelly. <laughs> just move to the states brian open a pub in new york <laughs> Come on now. Oh, there's never so gonna do that. Irish pubs in New York City. Yeah, he's never gonna do that because he is his heart is in oh no Ireland. I totally agree what yeah. that would be. But, a so. funny turn of events. Yeah. Oh sidebar yes. here. I was going to uh-huh. say I was gonna bring say something about Nora, but 
um, we had the view was on in the break room at work today, and they were talking to Alyssa Morano about um, Brazen, and Whoopi was like, they were talking about it, and she's like, "Well, I'm just gonna say that watch the movie because it's fantastic, but also read more Nora Roberts because she's brilliant." And I was like, "Whoopi yeah. stands Nora, yeah. I love it." <laughs> That's awesome. I, I wonder if Whoopi reads the In Death series. <gasps> I wonder sure if we'll do on our show. Podcast. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be so you. cool. Yeah. That would be so cool. Call us Whoopi. Call us Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg. So um, the <laughs> other pairing that we talked about is Baxter and Trueheart. Oh, Baxter and Trueheart. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say about Baxter and Trueheart. Is I feel like Nora has built them up so much, and then I'm kind of disappointed at the amount of them in the last couple books. I want more, more, or I want more in-depth. I don't necessarily need more of them, Mm -hmm. because they are, like, you know, she can't start having, like, so many sidelines. But, like, I just want to learn more about them, I guess. Because yeah, we've got to, we've gotten to see Trueheart grow, you know, from like super green police officer to to a really badass detective. But like I, I just want a little bit more of like some insight from them that's new, I guess. Right. Um, okay. Because I want to see how they've each grown because of each other. Because right. When they're like introduced to each other, Baxter's like. I feel like Baxter has always, you know, Baxter's clearly a go with the flow kind of guy. Yeah. And he like took on this rando uniform that has been hanging out in the bullpen for a couple of books and is like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Like there's no, right. you know, that first, that first connection of the two of them, there's no indication that there's anything other than Baxter knows who he is. Right. And like right. now they're literally inseparable and, what have we established that they're probably about 10 years apart? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. He's early 20s. Trueheart's early 20s. And right. I mean, at this point, Baxter's he's mid 20s, you know, right. we're a couple years in. Um, yeah. Baxter's supposed to be right around like Wolf's age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I like, but I really like their dynamic. But at the same time, I really appreciate, I know you guys mentioned Jenkinson and Reineke, but I also appreciate. As she's building the the bullpen up, we're getting more of that, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I kind of, I just, I want to see a little bit more, like, and Nora's the queen of that, of like building these little tiny side pieces, like, you know, with with the fucking socks and like, you know, yeah, like yeah. there's one book where we get to see how flashy Baxter's car is, just like little things here and there, and I love that shit, um, right? But I want to kind of see that contrast a little more because we met Baxter in like the fifth, fifth or sixth book, you know, and we met Trueheart like 10 minutes later in a couple more books. And I don't know. I just, yeah. I really love them. And I love their, I love them together. I will say that I don't necessarily see them hanging out together. They like, do though. That's one thing that we, that we mentioned um, was that in, um, where did I say it was? It was in Connection. No, it was in Forgotten. Okay. At at a certain point, uh, Baxter comes into Eve's office and said that he and Trueheart were going to 
head out and then they were going to go have dinner together because true heart's girlfriend was you know accepted a job in another town and true heart was that's right i just i'm yeah i don't know i just i think that's one reason why i want to know a little more about them because like they're just so different yeah now i want to know how much they hang out outside of work but also in connections um baxter mentions that true heart's mom invited him to dinner I want to meet True Heart's mom. <laughs> we did meet True we Heart's did meet mom her. at one, t- one point. Right, time. but like, yeah. but in better circumstances. Yeah, I want right. to. I actually want to be there for a Baxter and True Heart's mom conversation. Honestly. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Or you know what I really want? I want to be there for a, a Mama True Heart and Eve conversation about Baxter. Like mm. it starts off about True Heart, and then like someone says something about Baxter and it, I just, I can just imagine that conversation. I'm just saying. Um, that's for Baxter, Baxter and true hearts, mom. I want, I mean, yeah, yeah, I want it. Could that happen? I mean, I don't know if he's into, I, I'm assuming he's she's a little women. bit older. That but, could be, that could be interesting. I mean, I might be more comfortable with that. If true heart moves away with his girlfriend and then, <laughs> They have to comfort each other, Baxter and True Heart's mom. (laughs) (laughs) My boy is gone. Yeah. (laughs) I bet True Heart's mom is fucking gorgeous. I bet you. Oh, yeah. She is stunningly gorgeous because True Heart just basically sounds like, you know, that, like, you know, that picture of, like, the perfect man. Like, that's True Heart. Just, you know, whatever you think his face looks like. I don't know. Right. Right. But. No, I my those nephew. are my favorite though. These like little side ones that you're like, oh, I've been seeing this grow and tr- like Baxter, the way he reacts to everything in portrait, just every time I'm just like, Baxter, I just thought you wanted to talk about hot women and cars. Right. Yeah. We did talk guy. about how ever since he took on True Heart, we did we have gotten a, a little bit more of Baxter. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit more in depth with Baxter. You know, which I appreciate. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other pairs? So that's those are the only ones we talked about. Yes. So far. Okay. Um, because we were leaving the big ones for uh, us three together. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I don't know. Should we talk about the um, the controversy that uh, Book Dragon in the Cave kind of like <laughs> sparked a little I bit of controversy? So. Okay. She doesn't think that work and Phoebe is a bromance. Well, okay. I, obviously, I disagree. That being said... We all disagree. Yeah. That being said, I wonder, you know, I wonder if we're all, we all kind of view the idea of a bromance as a different thing. Um, I agree, yeah. You know, like a different type of thing because Feeney, while he doesn't really hold this like fatherly type role to Rourke he still is of the age in which he would be a fatherly figure to Rourke and that might be harder to see for some people and he's Eve's father figure and he is Eve's fatherly figure a pseudo father-in-law basically yeah Yeah. I mean I don't I I don't really see anything but a bromance between the two of them but yeah Yeah. I think you could have a bromance with your father-in-law Oh yeah, right. So, I love that. Yeah, uh, that's. I think it's. Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why she, why she says that. Like I, but I, I respect any, I would love to hear more about why she doesn't see it, but. Well, what she, all she really said was only real in-depth choice is work in McNabb, which I disagree that that's the only choice period. But the Feeney work dynamic is not a bromance though. Together as a trio, they form a geek squad at times, which is always amusing. Off the top of my head, I cannot think of one outside the series. So, work and McNabb is. Yeah, um, I think Feeney and Rourke, for me, um, are more on the same level. I do too. The the for me, the best part about Rourke and Feeney is that they they came together with two very specific things in common, and that's Eve and, of course, electronics right. and. Right that's where like there's like this base very basic understanding that yeah that's that's like what brought them together but they like i have friends that you know i'm not i have a lot of theater friends i can only talk about theater and things i care about with some of them because we can't click like that you know and rourke and feeney just do right and yes they have these connections but like you know, there's like an ease between them and it starts mm-hmm. off pretty early on, mm-hmm. you know? It, yeah. Yeah. At first Feeney like threatens his life because that's right. what you do. <laughs> that's what you do. Right. But then. Because he was being a dick. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, what, what? is it? was being a dick? What? <laughs> what series are I, you I, I know. I, I, maybe you missed that part. I don't oh. know. I'm just. But what is it like two or it's like two more books in they're just like hanging out, you know, not hanging out, but you know, they're they're working together. Rapture, yeah. Bachelor party. Right. Yeah. Apparently Rourke doesn't have friends. (laughs) Well yeah, we talked about that a little bit too. But Rourke doesn't have friends. Rourke had no friends and now he has all the friends because of Eve. Susan brought up um DeGlass, Richard DeGlass. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, because it's made such a big deal in Naked that they're such good friends. And him and Dot are such good friends. And then, like, that friendship gets dropped, basically, until they get brought up again in, um, I think, Vengeance. They bring him up when they take Kevin. And then, um, but right. we don't see him. Yeah. And then we see him again, finally, in Survivor. Well, I mean, because I feel like there's this huge connection between the two of them yeah. once they move past that like work and recognize each other as each other's people you know right yeah right yeah. and also like feeny feeny and his like overly zealous love of being irish right exactly he's so great yeah. because he they like, connect in that way yeah he finds that he finds that connection with rourke to be like so much more sentimental than it probably should be but right yeah Rourke indulges it you know like we don't really see that but you know that's what's happening that Rourke right. will indulge it yeah and that they'll they'll pull that together but like that's what the two of them are really good at is electronics and that's okay that that that's what brings them together because it yeah. just fits you know i yeah and i feel like too you know Phoebe is very much teamwork mm. with Eve. If that right. Happens, you know, like, yeah. like in the second book, after they broke up for a while, you know, Feeney's like, oh, is that your problem? Like, you want to talk about it? Because you're being an idiot. And, <laughs> you know. I really liked how this was going. <laughs> right. 
please don't blow this. I like, really like this, this guy. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's very much got the the teamwork and he jersey on and, you know. I also, and you guys are maybe probably going to agree with this too, you know, and, and again, I don't want to like be coming for a book dragon or anything, but like the whole, <laughs> like there can't, there's no bromance. They're like, I have many of my dear friends are not my age. Um, yeah. I do have a few friends that are old enough to be my mother. You know, um, my, my friend Ryan's mom is one of my best friends and she's 70, you know, yeah. like my best, you guys are, t- are my good friends and you're both at least a decade what, older wait, than I am. Watch it. Yeah. Watch Be careful it. here. <laughs> I guess you're both at least a decade over older than me. So listen to what I said. Wait a minute. I'm not quite a decade older than you. Are you? Aren't you? No, I don't know how old you are. I'm a decade older than you. 37. Okay, then no, I'm not. Eight years. Eight years. I'm a decade older than you. I'm more than a decade. That is not a decade. What year year were you born? I'm sorry. I really also forget how old I am most of the time. (laughs) Sorry, what year were you born? 84. (laughs) Okay, that was the year I graduated from high school. Oh my. That's... That's why, that's the year my stepdad graduated from high school. So, but again, I would say I said this for years. My parents are fucking young, so yeah. But yeah. the point is, the yeah. point is though, like you can be friends with people that are older than you. Yeah, older than you. We, you know, the other night we had board game night with with my friends Pam and Greg, and Pam was born in 1967. Yeah, and it was like, yeah. you know, we're all, you know, we don't give a shit. I don't care how old people are. Right. Um, and I'm and I'm not saying that that's what Book Dragon was saying because like you know you, no. if you don't see it you don't see it. But yeah. for me, well, I, I love I friendships that are like is, that. I think what she's saying is that um, it's more they're more like father son type. Right. Well, and if that's what you know, like obviously yeah. everyone was raised differently. Yeah. But if you see that different, I I love I like I just love that there are friendships of all like mm-hmm. all ages. You know, right. I don't care right. how old anyone is like. You know, yes, Steve and I are the exact same age, like, which is just yeah. a thing because we're high school friends, you know, like right, whatever. Right. But then I was like thinking about who my closest friends are. And I'm like, I don't even know how old anyone is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. I literally do sometimes just forget how old I am because, I, you know, right. most of my 20s were spent with my ass hat ex-husband who, yeah. like, I didn't get to do fun shit. So I don't even right. know. I'm... I'm like 12 in dating age, not quite that young, but right. <laughs> no, I mean, 16. I, I'm totally okay. I, it's yeah, yeah but it's 100%. But I love, and that's one of the things I love about Rourke and and is and Feeny is that like Feeny, all of Feeny's like, okay, son, you're being stupid stuff is funny. It's funny because right. he it like that's just who Feeny is. That's how he would talk to his kids. But that's yeah. also how he would talk. That's how he talks to his detectives. He doesn't give a shit. Like it's how he and, talks to Eve. Yeah, and yeah. so Rourke, like he kind of talks to Rourke how he talks to Eve a lot of the times. Yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. Rourke, like he's just very matter of fact about this is what he's about. And he, I feel like Feeny is the only person in this series that I have not ever thought, oh, Feeny's putting up a front about anything. You know, right, right. Like you don't see him pretending to do anything or whatever. He's just yeah. doing the Feeny yeah. thing, and he's Feeny. Yeah. 
just, he's the greatest. Complete straight shooter. And that's Which probably one thing. Which is why we had thing. to have you to talk about Feeny. Right. right. Could not talk about Feeny without Tara. And that's <laughs> probably so much. He's just so fucking real, you know? Yeah. And that's probably one thing that Rourke loves about him, too. Like, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, because I'm sure that Rourke, especially now, um, where he is now in his career, probably encounters a lot of really fake people who oh, yeah. want to be friends with him oh, God, just because probably. of who he yeah. is. He has money. Yeah. He's Rourke. He owns all the things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, I don't give a shit, but I will take that coffee. Thanks. Right. You know, or yeah. that nice or that nice whiskey, whatever we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Or the vacation. They can bond over that, too. Like, you yeah. Know, enjoying a nice, a nice beverage. You know, yeah. the way that because Rourke is very like, this is my fancy liquor collection and my <laughs> my Montcart 49. 49. It's like, is, is no. that the well, one where they're talking about how much it costs for glass? And Peabody's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I, I don't know. I'm I, over here buying like a, you know, six bottle, bottle, dollar or six dollar bottle of wine at Aldi. And I'm like, hell yes. For Feeney, though, I think that Rourke is more like, you remember that scene um in i think it's betrayal when mick is in rourke's office and rourke has this machine that pours guinnesses the correct way uh-huh i feel like that's that's where feeny would be with rourke like oh yeah i think rourke would love to indulge feeny in like oh, these yeah. type of things you know yeah. like yeah. knowing that feeny would appreciate because we you know like we know feeny appreciates the classics and all of that Mm-hmm. So I feel like Rourke and Feeney probably have bro time where they're like sipping on some fancy whiskey or Rourke's like, yeah, the Guinness machine. Here we go. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and Feeney is like not only it's enjoying it because, you know, it's tasty, but also he appreciates what it is, you know? Yeah. Right. And and like you said, the Irishness of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, we can be more Irish. Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how Feeney is. <laughs> he just kills me when I, that's why i love him and rourke so much together um because, yeah because also like you know anyone who doesn't know him and is like wants to be like a critical person could be like what the fuck is this guy about like no stop with the accent you're not from i like your family is from Ireland, whatever. But we're right. going to be like, yeah, I will encourage the bad Irish accent and the, the drunken <laughs> shenanigans because this is fun and Rourke doesn't fun. Like, he right. doesn't. He really yeah. doesn't. He has to tycoon. Exactly. <laughs> and like I said, that's exactly the reason why Brian Kelly's such a great friend for Rourke. I, I want to see and Brian so- Kelly hang out with with yeah, Brian Kelly and Feeney. well they did kind of hang out we we missed that though in uh in shadows. shadows yeah, yeah. but yes. Yeah, yes they were busy that. like solving murders and shit but we we wanted more <laughs> Brian Kelly does need to visit New York mm-hmm. and you know yeah party with Eve's bullpen and all of that oh my god yes we need it yeah 100% so um write that because <laughs> you know she listens to us right uh-huh. i'm sure she does um so now we talk about rourke and McNabb, whether or not that is a bromance and oh, yeah. what qualifies that as a bromance it absolutely is a bromance yeah yeah 
I think that their I think that their friendship came about in a completely different type of way because there are more factors in that. Like, right. you know, when Rourke when Rourke met Feeney, yes, like here's another cop that I guess he has to like not hate because he is in love with this cop and he used to hate cops, right. you know. But like, there's there's that, but there was also like a. No, I really have to kind of impress this guy, too, because of where Feeney was in Eve's life and where Eve was in her life at that time. And yeah. you fast forward five books when we meet McNabb in Vengeance and, you know, there's all these factors because at this point, you know, Rourke's the first person that sees that McNabb is attracted to Peabody. Well, right. Rourke is invested <laughs> in Peabody at this point. So knew before just, even Peabody right. knew, like, right. like McNabb knew. McNabb doesn't, he's like, I don't understand my life, you know, but, but same McNabb, same. Yeah. <laughs> before anything happened, Rourke was all like unshipping Rourke, these two. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he can do this. Rourke is totally the captain of the Peabody McNabb set. Oh, I know. He oh, yeah. all about it. He's, he's like, he's reading these books and he got to like, you know, he... <laughs> He gets to uh, seduction. He's like, come on, Norton. We need to get through this. <laughs> you know this it's going to happen. what I told you to do. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like what I'm trying to say is that the, the connection with McNabb was different because there were all these different channels because it wasn't mm -hmm. just that he noticed that. But at that point, he is invested in Peabody. He is invested in, in Feeney at this point. And Feeney and McNabb are a connection because right. he's the one that brings him in. And you know, there's this new person and how that person, because McNabb was an interesting, I remember saying this during Vengeance, McNabb is an interesting addition to mm -hmm. the team at that point, because that yeah. is a big, very personal case that mm -hmm. this outsider yeah. came into. Yeah. Like right. McNabb got pulled into the, into the inner circle like that. There was no choice there. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and so I think that there was just a whole combination of all of that work being like, I'm invested in, you know, Peabody because she's delightful and she's been around for a while. I'm invested in Feeney and Eve has given this person her trust because that's where we are. And that has a lot to do with me. And I think that there was a little bit of like, I don't want to say forced because it obviously wasn't forced because it clicked, you know, but they were together before I think either of them realized, you know, as far as friends because mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but obviously like they, they don't, they didn't bond just over Peabody though. Like the, no. one of my favorite scenes is the, whatever the hell they're doing in witness with that, with that fake warrant, like fuck those guys, man. There's, they're being so bad and they're loving every minute of it. And you know that they are. And you know, Eve is probably like later on being like, you guys had so much fucking fun doing that. Didn't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, right. I, yeah. I, lo I love the two of them, but I, I don't know that, I don't know, I don't like qualifiers for like, this is a romance or whatever, but that's me. I just, yeah. yeah. Yes. I love I Feeny, I love McNabb and Rourke just as much as I love Feeny and Rourke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Those I, are the two I, big ones for me. Yeah. The, I love McNabb and Rourke the way that they kind of share fandoms, you know? Yes. Yes. Well, because Rourke will never get to do any kind of fandom with Eve. She doesn't right. get it. She doesn't get fandom. She doesn't, yeah. Hmm. She doesn't get it. And and really, she, he could maybe do it with... Feeney would probably get some of the references, but mm -hmm. not like McNabb does. Yeah. 
you know, because like there was fantasy where they're like, like there's comic book references everywhere. Oh, there's so much stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. McNabb Um, and Feeney both get a lot of them. So yeah. it's like, oh, even Peabody that. gets a lot of them. And yeah. then there's Eve being like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Um, That's all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. One, uh, one that I wrote down is, was in connections and it was, um, they were doing something and they were trying to, to look into, they had the suspects in a building and you know how they can have a thing where they can see like, yeah. where the suspects are based on right. heat images like heat, and yeah, the heat yeah. Thing and the- Rourke wanted to also listen in mm-hmm. and you know McNabb's like we can do that and he's trying to do it and Rourke's like you know I need to you know I need to I need to hear it you know and he says give us a boost here Ian and McNabb right away says, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. <laughs> and Rourke starts <laughs> laughing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and Rourke starts laughing because right away he gets it. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's man. so good. <laughs> good and then, the, yeah, I think it is in, is it in fantasy where, you know, Eve's like, no, it's in um, uh, Calculated, where the guy in Calculated was using um star trek names oh yes and and um you know then then he was also using like comic book names and he yeah iron man i guess he used he used yeah stark Stark. or whatever stark yeah and he was like what the hell and that that's when she says something about it's a comic book character and both graphic novel get it right woman right it's it's funny well um i forget um it's not pat Oswalt, but it's one of the other comedians that used to tour with him who had the big joke about how he how one of the most fun things to do would be to piss off nerds with their fandom. And he's like, yeah, I like to drive by the Star Trek convention and like roll on the window and scream, Star Wars sucks, you know, just to like, (laughs) (laughs) I forget who the comedian is because I know it's not that knockable, but it was one of the ones that toured with him. But I, I remember thinking that during that one, like people who, because I mean, we all, we all have our fandoms, but we're not, you know like there's so many out there yeah um and it it's kind of extra special that they seem to get all of the same ones like they just right to... yeah and like we can indulge his less serious side with McNabb. right because McNabb is very strong as a not serious person and that's obviously a coping thing for him that's a strength thing for him as a detective like you know he's not he's not unaware of seriousness of things but he's always kind of you know he's always kind of in this like lighter mood and that's the kind of attitude you need sometimes in situations like that and when he's around Rourke it really gives Rourke that leeway to be less intense because Rourke is very intense yeah even when Rourke is being like even when Rourke is like teasing Eve I'm like this is a different type of you know like yeah partner teasing than any of the other men in this series mm-hmm. right this is who Rourke is but yeah. you know I could I could imagine him and McNabb like really having some super geeky moments together that oh, yeah. they're just not at all useful to the plot so 
my <laughs> my canon is that those two fuckers have like had like movie nights where they're just <laughs> you know, watch, you know gonna watch the extended right, Lord of right. the Rings. Like that's I yeah. they, you know that they've done that, you know. They've watched they've watched the extended Lord of the Rings. They've probably forced Eve Eve and Peabody into well, it. I'm sure Peabody all in a minute. Well, they be like hell yes, and they yeah. are clearly Star Trek fans, so they've watched oh, all the Star yeah. Treks. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. You know, it's so great. Yep. And they've watched, um, they've watched Galaxy Galaxy Quest Galaxy because, Quest. yeah, yeah, you, you have to, <laughs> you have to. I mean, that's a, that's a law if you're a nerd. But also, Alan Rickman. I'm well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, I love um, them. Yeah. Uh, they're they're all great together. But mm-hmm. they're all bromances, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, Book Dragging in the Cape, we're not trying to drag you at all, but um, we just... Well, yeah, like both. we talked about last night, like we said, like, Leonardo and Rook, not really a bromance. That's no, no. Just friends. Um, Not even really Charles and Rourke, I would say. It's more of a friendship. They definitely have a friendship because Rourke is Charles' best man because of Charles. Well, Charles literally at one point says to Louise that Peabody is the best friend he's ever had. So he right. certainly does not, not that, you know, not to like drag Peabody. Obviously, she's a really good friend to everyone who knows her. Mm-hmm. But like, he clearly does not have a lot of friends when his, the best friend he's ever had. He met at Christmas and right, you yes. know, of right. like three months ago, they whatever. Spent you know what a saying? lot of time together. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, and it was and it's great, but it's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, Rourke ends up being his best man, so you know he doesn't have, you he know. Have and some people are, are more loners, and I think that Charles kind of presents himself that way, probably to keep himself safe during his employment as a licensed companion. But I've never been like. I mean, I feel like Charles and McNabb probably have more of a bromance than, which is funny in its own way, yeah. than Charles and Rourke would. I just don't see them doing. Yeah. 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 That's just, it's, it's a very strange combination. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, there are friendships in the books that aren't romances, male yeah. friendships, but. Right. Um, well, yeah, yeah like, there's. I mean, anything with Jamie. I don't think anyone is as much no. as I love Jamie. No. He hasn't quite hit bromance level with no. any no. of them. No. He's no. bromance adjacent. Yeah, he is <laughs> bromance mean, adjacent. Yeah. I mean, you know, give give him another couple appearances in the books, and I can see him, him and Rourke or him and McNabb being closer. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. But because that whole scene in Purity where they're all like working on the virus together and mm-hmm. jamie's just sitting there thinking this is like the coolest thing uh-huh. in the world, like, coolest yeah. thing it's like i want this to be my future <laughs> right yeah right. just because of all of the you know male bromance energy happening all mm-hmm. around him and he's like i want to be a part of that right yeah i think in general like the the vibe that she's written around all of the cops that we spend time with and like in the series Mm-hmm. so you know the cops that we met in treachery don't count because fuck them okay. um but like <laughs> there's 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 kind of a general bromancy vibe between mm-hmm. all of them you know and yeah. and that's not just and that's not really just talking about the te- the testosterone either like mm-hmm. just in general oh. 
you know, like you get that, you get that really, really tight feeling in Eve's bullpen and treachery. And then later on in, mm-hmm. um, was it obsession, obsession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, we, where we get all of that, that stuff and you see how they all interacted and same with like Feeney's, Feeney's people who mm-hmm. he just refers to all of them as his boys and like, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and in, um, purity, you know, we don't really get to know anyone, but you, there's like still a feeling in like the paragraphs of even Peabody coming in in the middle of yeah. that like chaos. You still feel this like connection between all of them, literally without Nora saying anything about it. It's just mm-hmm. the way she writes. She the the connection is palpable between these characters. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, no wonder there are all these really strong, even male friendships. So you know, people don't talk about male friendships once yeah. they reach a certain age They're like oh we can't yeah. write books about that that's gay you know yeah no, no, well, no. we do we did talk a little bit about that that how how good nora is at writing mm-hmm. romances or writing ma- uh male friendships right you know and probably because she's been surrounded by males her entire I mean, life that's really important though i mean yeah it is that's that's the beauty of this series is that the the central part of the series is not a romance and yet the romance is so strong right like you know they're the central part of the series is hovering around the romance but i don't you know i don't feel like that is that which is why obviously like i was drawn to it since you know i'm more of like a mystery person Mm -hmm. but 50 some books later we now have like we could just start listing off the characters that we care about right you know of certain levels and we could fill an entire episode of just saying those names so like that's just a skill she has and that's one thing that a lot of authors don't even bother with like yeah right like they're, I don't know if they're not thinking that that wouldn't be interesting, and maybe it wouldn't be because the other writers can't do it like Nora can. But right. I, lo- I mean, I love a good scene of Rourke with someone who isn't Eve, and obviously, I love a scene with Eve. You know, right, but, right, yeah. But I you know, know he, she's that. just, she's done a really nice job of of focusing on the the male relationships in a positive way. That's right. not like. Oh, they can only be friends if they're gay, or you know, or like, right? You know, I, and it's yeah. not misogynistic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and and in a nice regard there too, she's done a great job of of you know heterosexual friendships, like right. The way that Eve, you know, Eve as Eve and Rourke, who are two people who don't have blood family, um, mm-hmm. and yes, obviously they have each other now, but like. Eve's friendship with each of the people on her squad who are male, her friendship yeah. with McNabb, with Charles, with crack, with, with Morris, mm-hmm. Morris is a great one, you know, like yeah. that's really, you know, and Rourke's friendship with some of these, some of these women, obviously Peabody is a, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but even Rourke's, he's got a great friendship with Nadine and Mavis. Mm-hmm. I think Mira. Or, yeah. You know, and that's a really, really beautiful thing that no mm-hmm. one is writing stuff like that. No. Yeah. No one no one is giving that page time. They're you know if they're yeah. writing relationships, they're writing romances. Right. And right. Nora's doing it all. She's right. not only writing great romance, she's also being like, but real people also have friends 
and yeah. their spouses are friends with their friends. And like, it's just, yeah, I will never stop being in awe of how well this is done. And I think that focusing on these male relationships is something that no one probably ever thought about. We like joked about it, you know, but yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love it. It's one of my yeah. favorite things. I know. Me too. But more Brian Kelly, please. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So, um, do we have uh, comments that you want to share that we haven't? Things uh, that we I haven't already see. covered. Well, we talked or... about Susan's last night about the whole uh-huh. class thing. Yeah, and she also said Rourke and McNabb is her favorite. Rourke seemed to get a charge out of helping McNabb with his early romance and issues with Peabody, which yeah, we talked about. Yeah. For all of Rourke's social skills, I, don't, I really don't think he had any close friends before Eve, not counting Somerset. Which, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had quite a few on Facebook. Yeah, the Facebook stuff blew up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most people love Rourke and Phoebe. Um, yeah. Because it is amazing. Yeah. It, it really um, is. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit last night, too. Um, Quincy Adams said, I love Rourke and Whitney. It's super random. Snacks in the interrogation break room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and But again, then you, uh, again, how did that even come about? Like, how? I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, which one? Rourke and Whitney. Rourke and Whitney. Oh. Eh. I have reservations about that. I don't yeah. know that that's I don't know that that's a true romance. romance. I just think it's I think there I think there's an interesting action. mutual respect there. Maybe. Yeah. That both of them are like we we share very similar values and you know yeah. I mean But my question is how did that come about? Like when Burke would have met Whitney originally, yeah. didn't know Eve, and he would have still been doing illegal shit. Yeah. So was it more of a thing with Rourke, like, you know, um, keep your enemies closer, you know, that kind of thing? I, I don't, how would that have even. Right. Because she would have thought he would have, you know, avoided any law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's a very, I've, I've not ever really thought about that. Yeah. 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 Um, Cara France is a huge fan of Backstreet True Heart. Yeah, the differences in their personality really come through and make them a better team. Plus, Trueheart doesn't blush nearly as often as he did in the beginning, thanks to that right. perver- perverse nature. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is it? Was it Baxter who was like, maybe now that he's like been doing this for a while, he's not gonna blush and be embarrassed yeah. all the time? Was it? Was it him? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to wipe the, the blush off. Him. I oh. wish I could remember the. Uh, I I read a quote one of the books said something about Baxter Eve knew that Baxter could um, kind of uh, wipe off some of the shine of a, mm-hmm. a true yeah. heart's badge without, yeah. you know, without. wiping off too much or, you know, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. As far as Whitney goes, we talked about this a little bit last night too. Uh, Whitney and Tibble, which I think is more of a bromance than Whitney and Rourke. Yeah. Yeah. And Whitney and Feeney. Yeah. Because I think there's definitely something there. Yeah. Right. Well, they be partners. Yeah. So. And I, 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 I'm not saying that we need that because holy hell, there's a lot we're asking for, but I wouldn't mind yeah. learning a little bit more about that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
I also just want to learn more about Tibble in general. I just find him very fascinating. Mm-hmm. And also, like, obviously, um, you know, this is a book and I don't think we did anything with fan casting, but I refuse to believe that Tibble isn't one of the most gorgeous black men on the planet. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He's Tay Diggs in my head. Mm. Yeah. That's a good choice. <laughs> you don't know that I saw Tay Diggs play Hedwig, right? Oh, I saw Tay Diggs yeah. in literally nothing but, like, like a gold speedo and it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I will brag about that forever. Well, well you should. He's such a beautiful man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So we did have a comment from Heidi who okay. said, um, there are many good good ones. Um, but my one of my favorites is in seduction when Rourke is giving McNabb advice on how to win Peabody back, it's such a good scene, especially because it's set in Rourke's man cave. Yeah. yeah so cave. Rourke has a man cave. And yes. you know that McNabb yeah. is like looking around and saying like, this is like, yeah. Which I, I would best. love more commentary on the man cave. I wish that would have been kind of like turned into a running joke. Like, you know, yeah. like, Oh, we can't go in there. That's the man cave. Yeah, right, yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: is I feel like Eve would like the man cave. So oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Rourke would be like, uh, but also fine. <laughs> yeah, yep. With this yeah. giant like mansion, but Eve's like, nah, I want to be in this man cave too. <laughs> or maybe so. she doesn't actually know about it, and then one day she accidentally finds it, and she's like, "What the there hell you is go. this?" I love this. I, why don't I have this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was because that's how Eve finds everything in the house. Is accidentally. Exactly. Yeah. So most people were saying, you know, Rourke and Feeney and McNabb. Yeah. Bastard to heart. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Do we have yeah. anything else to say about it? Yeah. Romances? Oh. I yeah. just thought of this. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Because I, I brought up Morris. We, like, don't see Morris have any bromances with anyone except for no. Eve. Exactly. <laughs> Basically Eve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Eve and, and Morris kind of have actually the greatest bromance in the series. We were saying it yeah. all. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because sure. it's definitely not... It, it's definitely not sexual in nature. No. 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 Not that Eve does. I'm sure Eve finds him attractive. <laughs> But right, yeah, I'm sure that uh, yeah, I'm sure that he finds her attractive, but they're like, this yeah. isn't meant to be. Yeah, right. This is it's more just, of a friend thing, but it's rather a than... deeper intimacy too. Um, right. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty much the definition of a bromance. Yeah. You know. So even even Morris. <clears throat> even Morris. They win the they win the bromance Okay, so um, I don't really have a whole lot of podcast business. No? Um, I just mentioned Heidi, and Heidi has now become a patron. So I thank saw you that. so much, you, Heidi. Heidi. I was like, yay, Heidi! We appreciate you. I love it. And yeah. I tell you what, you guys, the Facebook group blowing up like this makes my day. You guys just crack it's me fun. up with your thoughts. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> It's beautiful. It's so much fun. And I yeah, the Facebook so group is great. It. 
and it's great and I love it. If any of you out there are on Facebook, become yeah. a member of our Facebook group because it's yeah. fantastic. It's fantastic. Like, yeah. I mean, who was it? Tara that posted, yeah, Tara France that posted the cartoon. That <laughs> I'm looking for a yeah. book that was given one star for too much sex. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's the one I want. Nisi, of course, is but it's grandma style. Yeah, oh, Nisi is a treasure, and we love you, Nisi. <laughs> yeah, we have we, the best we really people do. to listen yeah. to us. Yeah, we do. We absolutely. Um, we should probably mention. Um, although by the time people listen to this, it'll already be out, but. To, as we're recording this, uh, this is on the 12th, right? Mm-hmm. Do I have my days right? Today is the yep. 12th, yeah. Okay. So on the 13th is when, I believe, when Romancing the Shelf is releasing mm. their first episode where they've read the In-Death series. So mm-hmm. if there are still any of you out there that listen to us that that don't listen to Romancing the Shelf, at least, at the very least, go and listen to their latest episode. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to do it in two parts. So probably their next episode too. Yeah. Um, and hear their, um, their thoughts reaction. I, I can't wait, honestly. I can't either. Like I've been counting the I'm, days. I'm so excited for it because I, I don't really get to listen to them because I haven't read the things that they've read. So, right. you know, yeah. um, I know I was listening to their, their born in episodes the other day and just like agreeing with everything they said. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, although I, yeah, and although I, see, I was saying that I am one of those anal people, and um, they they were pronouncing a word wrong. Emily was pronouncing a word wrong, and I was like, mm, should I say something? Should I not say something? <laughs> yeah. I opted not to say something, but yeah. Um, but that aside, the whole discussion about the Born In series mm-hmm. was just. Fantastic. They were a little bit more down on Grayson than I would have been because he's my favorite in that series. Oh, but, yeah? Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I really, like, yeah, I think I'm I'm thinking of all, yeah, I think Grayson is also mine. I like Rogan, too. But I, I did crack up about, they're talking about her um, once, when Grayson leaves. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, I'm, I have to go back home screw you and your love for me i right. go back home and he leaves and she goes into his room and like falls down on the bed and starts crying and yeah. the beds and it, the room smells like him and they're like yeah i probably smell like cigarettes and that's gross <laughs> like, yeah you're right yeah everybody smoked in her 90s books oh yeah so oh, yeah, I mean, they, they people think that was attractive in the nineties. I don't know. I I mean, back yeah. then it was just a thing. It wasn't. It wasn't like everybody did it. Yeah, and yeah. That's just I didn't great. do it, but everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't the stigma that it is now. You know what I mean? Like nowadays, right. it's like ew, right. smoke, ew, gross. You know, it's kind of gross. Well, whatever. But what I'm saying, yeah, if you're somebody that's never been um, a smoker and raised in a household of non-smokers like I was. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you're somebody that most people, like you said, of our generation um, grew up with that and it was just normal. I did. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. And it's just I don't know. I, I find that. 
find it that people like it's so weird. It's, smoking is like the last like really bad vice, you know. <laughs> right. If you, I mean, if you're doing coke or heroin, it's fine. You're an addict. But if you smoke, oh my god, you're evil and wrong, and you should die. Like <laughs> it's so, it's so weird to me. Well, you're, if you if you snort coke, you're not. It's not like you're snorting coke and also blowing it into my face, right? That's that's the difference, I think. That's the right. That's the difference. But I mean, yeah. But people that even like look down on smokers, even when they're not around them, that's what gets me. It's like whatever. Yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm just saying. I have I, just, I have friends that are smokers, and I'm perfectly fine with it. It's yeah, just, I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, I find true. it weird that it's such a like that people draw such a hard line about smoking. I mean, you know, I it is kind of weird. The healthcare system I work for and many others, you cannot work there if you're a smoker. Right? No, I know. Yeah. So yeah. it's just it's a weird <clears throat> to me. I mean, I'm not, but, but when I worked for the plastic surgeon, he also would not do, um, like you had to stop smoking for 21 days prior to your surgery or he wouldn't do it. Um, unless, you know, unless it was a reconstructive thing because he had to do, Mm -hmm. you know, with, Mm -hmm. you know, with cancer patients, but anyone else, whether it was cosmetic or, um, you know, like, you know, stuff that's less cosmetic, but still yeah, a plastic surgeon does. Like, he's like, no, we're not doing this till you don't smoke. Because it affects the way you heal. Right, yeah. Right. And yeah. and he was like, but, you know, there's only so many times, like, you know, if he if he, if he does an augmentation and he, he gives you bigger boobs and you don't heal properly, there's only so many times he can go in there and reconstruct that area mm-hmm. that it's not going to, you know, so I mean, like, right. there, there's something yeah, to it. it. That being said, like, I really, I have no problem with anyone around me smoking. Yeah. Um, there are, there are instances I, I, the, like the, if, if a person is like reeks of like the stale cigarette smoke. And oh it's yeah. That's literally gross. like, it smells like all they do is smoke. Yeah. That's gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is like, that's triggering for me, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I have—I mean, I have friends that do a lot of smoking that they—that doesn't bother me. Like they're yeah. one, they're clean, you know, because those people usually like they're wearing the same coat forever and they're not yeah. washing it and right, you know. Yeah. But there's a line. There's a line. But for the most part, yeah. If my friends are smoking, I'm like, okay, I don't care. Yeah, I just like yeah, like I said, it's you know, I didn't expect a debate like this. I'm just. <laughs> there's not really a debate it's i know what you're saying and that is fascinating because you're correct like people are like you know it's more judging you can't smoke in restaurants anymore so like yeah you know there's there's something that's that's okay there's nothing wrong with no people not smoking in public places i get that you know right i I don't get the whole the whole hard like that you know if it's not affecting you why do you care yeah you know yeah And speaking of smoking in places like that, um, there was a, there, you know, I mean, growing up in the time period that I grew up in and my family did a lot of traveling because, um, a lot of their family was, you know, a lot of my mom's family was, um, in like Oklahoma area, Illinois, that area. So we did a lot of traveling when I was younger. And so therefore spent a lot of time in restaurants 
back during the time when people oh, smoked. Oh, you could, yeah. Yeah, in the restaurant. And um, a few years ago, I remember, because like you said, I mean, it's not a thing anymore. And right. so, you know, um, you get used to that not being a thing. Yeah. And um, there was uh, a couple years ago, I was like in the morning and I was stopping through, uh, uh, you know, I can't remember. I think it was a Del Taco or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Anyway, um, somebody in there must be a smoker. Um, and it was, it was morning. So, uh, when, as soon as I pulled up to the window, I got hit with this, like, uh, this, this scent memory of, um, coffee and like, Mm -hmm. like a pancake smell almost, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of sweet, like, yeah. And cigarettes, all three that came through that window. And, and it was like, automatically i was inside of any like like denny's or you know from my yes. childhood i know exactly what smell you're exactly. talking about yeah yeah, yeah. About. Uh, every denny's on the planet smelled like that every- yeah yes. you don't encounter that anymore no but yeah I, I, I got hit but it was automatically transported back to my childhood yeah you know oh, that's it's just so funny but um anyway so yeah there's yeah. our thoughts on smoking <laughs> um all to say that um romancing the shelf is fantastic and they should be listening to it they are so fantastic and especially this week yeah um and we can't wait and like we said before we'll have them on yes to discuss it on this show show you know their thoughts of the um series so yes i'm so excited (laughs) yeah i love them Um, so much yeah we always have so much fun with them yeah they're really fun. Uh, so yeah, next week is we review the reviews for visions. Visions, yeah. yeah. Which I was saying earlier, I I haven't been able to find that many one star reviews. It's weird. There is not a review that says it's the one with the eyes, and I'm very not. Disappointed yeah, there's that. not a review like that. But also not a ton of one star reviews, like you know. So, that is funny, damn it. Yeah, the one with the eyes. <laughs> well, we had the one with the spies for divided. This right? one's yeah. the one with the eyes. Yeah. Oh, whatever. I, it is funny. Well, Jen, it's because the eyes are information that is not released to the public, and that's how. That's how Selena right. wins Eve over because right. she knows about the eyes. But God, that right. is not public knowledge, so it can't be called that. Because spoiler, oh, fine. <laughs> right? Fine. I still think it's funny. No, you're actually right, and we also <laughs> want that review. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Go I will. Maybe I'll go and review. look who who made that review and go see if they reviewed Visions and see what you they should. said. That'd be really funny. Yeah. I um, kind of want to go to Amazon right now and give it that review. <laughs> go, go for it goodreads yeah go ahead and goodreads and give it that yeah um so yeah so that's next week um we review the reviews of visions and then week after that we're not sure what we're gonna do but we'll figure it out so um and i think that's it i don't think i don't think we have any other no business no. like we said um join our facebook group if you haven't already if you're on facebook um, if you're not, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast in Death, or you can go to our website, podcastindeath.com. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, 
you can send us an email, show at podcastanddeath.com, or call the number Whoopi Goldberg. Call. Yeah, uh, 205-476-2753 and that spells out 2054 Rourke and we are really waiting for Whoopi Goldberg's call so you know somebody get on that somebody knows Whoopi yeah, Goldberg can talk. Um, but uh, so I guess that's it yeah so for podcasts and death this is AJ this is Jen. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo, and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slotch it to you. <laughs>